Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jadebird Watching. Um, yeah, so we're back. It's been a little bit of a delay as far as some of our fun, but Brendan Panikar and myself, we finally figured this out. We're able to get back and, you know, get to watching again. Yeah, man. Uh, it was awesome having you up in Toronto last week, Friday, for those who don't know, but uh, got over a little bit of a weird kind of, I don't even know if I was sick. I was just tired. I slept forever when I got home from work on uh, on Tuesday. I'm better now, so that's why we're recording a little bit later in the week. I'm just glad whatever the hell you had, I didn't catch while I was in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, didn't catch the Canadian flu. Yeah, I didn't need to smuggle that one back over the border and get in trouble for swine flu or whatever <laughs> hell or, you know, Ebola. <laughs> they, they'd find something to get you in trouble for. Oh, I know. It's bad enough that it was, uh, you know, 30 questions or whatever at the border. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, that was... um. First, thank you for having me because it was a splendid Friday evening, and yeah, I got a brand new hat. I saw some Vladdom, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, I I think it was a little oh, it was definitely dramatic with the walk off by jury, but it could have been even more dramatic if Vlad walked it off. But uh, it wouldn't have happened, or it wouldn't have gotten started without him having that leadoff double on Friday night. So hey, we 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 saw the start of a new wave of Blue Jays baseball. So it was great to have you up for that. Yeah, and that that is the exact summarization of it right there, Brendan. The new era is now officially dawned and moving into, you know, what is going to be. And it all starts with Vlad. Yes, we did get the signing of Grichik and everybody and so on and so forth. There's the talks of everybody arguing back and forth between extending Strohs, and, <laughs> and yeah. um, trading him and everything. I It's just one of those things that this is... It's happening. It's all going to start now, and this is the reset button, right? Yeah, it definitely is. They just got to – everybody that's on the roster right now just got to keep on proving to the front office that they are worthy of staying here over the next few years, and that started with Gritchick. Vlad's here now, and there will be some more call-ups, but guys who are currently on the roster have really got to carve out the roster spot for years down the road. And I'm talking guys like Billy McKinney, T. Oscar Hernandez, uh, Brandon Drury, guys of that mold, so – it's, uh, everybody's got to step up. Yeah, and then there's the one guy that's stepping up that apparently is trying to make everybody know that this is his team, or as far as Di Francesco, our friend, has said, this is Eric Sogard's team to lose right now. <laughs> it is, man. It's all Eric Sogard all the time right now. It's crazy. I love how quick he's getting to the ball, and I we, we got to witness that firsthand on Friday evening, him hitting the leadoff, the inning home run, for the bottom half of the Blue Jays first and really got the offense going and you know we were able to score two runs in the first three innings which is not pro typical for the Blue Jays at least but it was enough <laughs> for sure yeah it was enough to get him going he's at a table center man he's been able to get on base it's surprising uh, power so far 
as being able to lead off with the home run. But, oh, he's looked really good. And I agree with Ryan DeFrancesco. This is his team right now. But Brandon Jury is also trying to take that from him. Yeah, what is it with like t- semi-talented middle infielders with the Blue Jays finding uh, you know good ways to get <laughs> you know we're talking Minori Kawasaki was you know a contributing piece of this team for ages we had guys like Howie Clark all the, you know all these young guys that uh, nobody's ever going to get anything out of them and then you know we get something good out of Eric Sogard here in the you know near term Hey, it works. It's worked forever with Bautista and Encarnacion. I'm not saying Solgard's going to turn to that level, but at least he's producing. So I think people know what I mean when uh, when I say that. Hopefully, don't come attacking me for that. But uh, oh, it's nice to see, man. They somehow take guys up off the scrappies and uh, and turn them into contributors. Yeah, is he your second baseman for the rest of the season, or are you just giving him the hot hand at the moment? Yeah, I think you got to give him the hot hand. Okay. BGO is going to be up here soon. And I think we already saw how they're going to be able to keep Brandon Jury's bat in the lineup by playing them in right field uh, against the Angels the other night, or let's just last night. Regardless, whenever they played him in right field, um, when Biggio forces his hand, Sogard cools down a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, hopefully Sogard keeps up; it'd be great. The offense had really clicked that he's been inserted in there. But uh, yeah, um, we'll ride out the hot streak and see how long they can uh, milk his production. Yeah, and hope it lasts all season because in all reality, right now, what else do you turn to? Do you hope that the red frickin' hot <laughs> Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in AAA turns his turns his leather on along with that bat and comes back into this lineup? I, I, I can only hope, but right now, Eric Sogard has really cemented a position of influx early in this season. It is probably a big contributing factor on why we are currently sitting at 500. Or close. Oh, exactly, exactly <laughs> that. It's just nice to have some stability in the middle of the lineup right now, and the middle of uh, middle of diamond because there wasn't at all, uh, especially at second base. Uh, Gallus was pretty stabilizing, but uh, at second base, it's been a rotating group of individuals the last little while. So Sogar's been able to lock that down and be quite good. Yeah, heading into tonight, we're fourteen and sixteen not anywhere near out of it at this point and have been showing very, very good signs on the pitching side of the ball, regardless of Stroman's mis Well, I can't even say miscues because he was getting so squeezed in last night's game. It was not even funny. Um, when Buck Martinez is figuring out that you're getting squeezed, I figure that's just a call, you know? Yeah, they should radio that down to the umpire and say, hey, Buck is calling you out for a terrible strike zone. Fix it up. Because <laughs> he... I, I don't usually you don't usually hear him hinting into it that much, and this was a prevailing factor throughout the whole game last night. Yes, I had heartburn. I stayed up and watched the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did better than me, man. You've probably done better than me the last two nights, especially Tuesday. Last night, I think I only made it past the or to the third inning. I'm like, eh, I'll go to bed. <laughs> it's probably a good thing you did that. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think I missed a whole lot. Yeah, watching the eventual downpour in defense and watching everything else happen at the same time wasn't exactly the best thing to watch the one thing that made it at least worth it a little bit for me was once again Brendan, Rowdy frickin' Telez gets us kind of back in the momentum category again where there was a glimmer of hope there for a little bit that we might get back into this one Hey man, we were saying last week and even the week before Rowdy's turned himself into uh somebody who should be an everyday first baseman, which is going to make moving off of Justin Smoke a lot easier to do 
whenever that will be. Six home run already on the year, so he has been a pleasant surprise continuing his start in uh, September last year. And he hasn't looked all that bad defensively either. So I love Justin Smoke. I think everybody does at this point. But, uh, hey, if you get anything for him, something of decent value, then uh, you know you're in capable hands with Robbie Tellez. Yeah, and I figure there's enough teams right now looking for a first baseman. And we know that the New York Yankees are always looking for a first baseman when they can't keep Voight or uh, Greg Bird healthy and on the diamond <laughs> for more than a week at a time. The Troy Tulowinski syndrome is settling in in New York, and we're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, he suffered another setback today. I don't know if you saw that. I he did. took himself out with a uh, calf tightness. So same stuff that's been bothering him for years is still coming back to haunt him. Yeah, and outside of, uh, at least in our dugout for a change, outside of Matt Shoemaker, everybody's been pretty healthy for the so far this uh, season. I'm going to steal Corsair's knock-on-desk thing here. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do it, too. There you go. <laughs> but that was the one reoccurring trend the last couple of years, my friend, that it was just, oh, my God, we would be so much better if we could actually just put a consistent lineup on the te- on the field, you know, and it's just, it never happened. And right now, like we said, there's a couple guys in and out. But this has been looking like a solid baseball team. Yeah, man. it looks like a competent baseball team. From I mean, there's some times where they look completely incompetent, but for the most part, I would say that they look like a decent baseball team. Probably a team that could end up around 500 with a good enough offense, just good enough pitching, an okay bullpen. I would say they're very middle of the road right now. And if Vlad, once Vladdy gets going, which he will, that could make the offense become a good offense, which... Who knows? That could get them a game, two, three, or four above 500 by the end of things. So I don't think it's too crazy, uh, what like it was at the start of the season, to dream on a surprise. Maybe not as much as the Rays with 90 wins last year, but 84, 85, and that's going to keep you around until mid-September in the relevant. wild card race at this point. Yeah, relevant. <laughs> I think I think that's all we want, man. Just be relevant and then carry that forward into next year. It's going to make it that much more fun when you are, if you do put something halfway decent together this season, Brennan, that running into next season, you get the Bobachette, the Biggio, the so on and so forth. And then you still have, like, Freddie Galvis is on contract for next season. We are going to get Matt Shoemaker back fully healthy. There's some good things to be looking forward to for next season, but there is plenty to be excited for for the now going on with this club. Oh, definitely. Especially, well, I think for both this year and next year, it kind of opens up a huge discussion point that's going on right now, is there's that report that the Blue Jays are going to be shopping and hoping to trade Smoke, which makes sense, and then Stroman and Sanchez. Yes, Stroman and Sanchez under control until the end of next year, too. Maybe even the year after. I can't remember the exact same thing, but for sure, next year. If you are around 500, around the trade deadline, and you're kind of accidentally good or ahead of schedule uh, by the front office's standards, and Stroman's pitching well, Sanchez is healthy, you know with Shoemaker coming back next year, full years of Vladdy, all the young guys coming up, and the offense looking good towards the end of the year, what do you do? And at this point, I think you have to extend one of Stroman or Sanchez, and right now my pick is Stroman. Yeah, and which is a heck of a U-turn from <laughs> both of our chats from uh, recent that we both have typically leaned towards Sanchez and part of that's the personality thing with Strowman but he's wearing it in spades right now and he's loving every minute of this um, young ball club and has really stood out as a a leader on this team which in all reality I was kind of thinking over the offseason when he was a 
you know, kind of, I'm going to just put it bluntly, pissing and moaning a little bit. <laughs> if, if I'm going <laughs> to um, put up or shut up thing on the leadership thing, you know. It's like, okay, great, yeah, we traded this, traded the, you know, the guard, basically, right? That, yeah. Truman, you're part of this now. Figure it out. <laughs> and he has. Exactly. He, he voiced his opinion in spring training, and good for him for stepping up. Yeah, and that's exactly what needed to happen on this club, and it has happened. And it's not just him. You've seen Danny Jansen slowly becoming a very, very good catcher, and I think the bat is finally starting to come around. So you got another leadership there, and it's just popping up everywhere at this point. It is. You know what? Jeff Blair was saying today on Baseball Central, and I think we've said this for quite a bit, Danny Jansen offensively gets a pass this year for the most part, unless he just looks absolutely horrendous, which I don't think at any point he's looked horrendous. He hasn't looked good, but he hasn't been horrendous. So your first full season catching in the big leagues, learning a pitching staff, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Danny. And you know what? His batting average over the last few weeks has continued to climb. And to do that after starting off poorly and handling a pitching staff for the first time in your career, it's pretty impressive to say the least. Yeah, he's went from a you know a buck forty to above two hundred in the course of a week, really. <laughs> you know, as far as playing time is concerned, because him he's been kind of not fifty fiftying with Luke Maley, but kind of sixty forty, I guess, would be the best way of saying it. Yeah, every uh, three three out of five turns uh, through the rotation that uh, that he's gone through. So no, that it, uh, it's been good so far. I've been I've been happy seeing Jansen's progression. Yeah, so let's put the GM hat on for a second, my friend, and we we are at 500 in the future here at around the All-Star break. Are you holding both Stroman and Sanchez with a chance to possibly get into this American League playoff chase, which is now possibly teetering out of the Cleveland Indians with Corey Kluber going down? That's one contender that might be all of a sudden thinking, you know what, just let's rip it down while we have the assets. And you know what, at this point, I think the Minnesota Twins are better. So with all the injuries that they've had, uh, the Cleveland Indians, then that might give them even more motivation to sell off some of their assets in the Indians. But that's tough. I mean, it would be be a lot easier to answer if the mindset was extension of Stroman and Sanchez or at least one of them, because you can keep them and go through the same thing next year where you're hoping to get something for them at next year's deadline and go through that whole same thing. But if you were to extend one of them, then you'd just be like, okay, it doesn't matter. We've protected ourselves. If Strowman comes out next year and isn't as good as he was this past year, we will have him again for the next two or three, four years leading a rotation. So if they are around 500, a chance, a legitimate chance of making it, then I think you got to keep both of them, and that's my camp right now. I think you got to keep both. Yeah, my I, and maybe it's just my thinking on this whole thing. It, the fact that you're not out of it, and there is a chance you do have them under control all of next season, and you can deal with the whole freaking arbitration bullshit with both of them all over again, <laughs> and watch all the tweets and everything fly. And but right now they're as far as their trade value, Brendan, they are at the peak that they've been in a long, long time. But do you think Major League Baseball has bought into the fact that this is the real Stroman and Sanchez? Stroman, yes. Sanchez, I think, definitely has a little bit less of trade value right now because he just hasn't gone deep enough in ball games. 
He's going five and struggling to get through five, especially with this command almost every start so far this year. So struggling for sure because he looks like the guy he's been in 2015 and 2017. It's kind of the thing that we said at the beginning of the year. Seems like it's an every other year thing with Marcus Stroman. Where 2015 and 2017, he was really good. In 2016 and 2018, he struggled quite a bit. And he's continuing that pattern with a good start to 2019. So I, I think I think it's pretty legitimate. And teams will buy into that uh, at this point. Yeah, because he's a continuing punchline on our show. Marcus Stroman is the inverse of Rick Porcello. The complete inverse. <laughs> what, what, yeah, what, odd years, year odd years. Strowman's good. Even years, Porcello good. And that's why the Red Sox haven't been good so far this year because it's an odd number year. Yes, and but <laughs> unfortunately, that freaking they're rearing their head a little bit here finally in the last couple weeks. But I heard something that they've won like eight or last twelve or something and like it, that. It's been and. Rough. What do you know? They played Oakland over the last three days and beat them. So I guess Oakland is every American League East cure to getting back on track. <laughs> you might be right with that. So <laughs> we, as we pick up six games on them and get back to 500, apparently the Red Sox are just trying to follow suit and keep up with the Blue Jays for a change. That's right. So, but, yep, I, um, well, one way or the other, I don't think they can trade Marcus Stroman before Marcus and Stronome Day on May 12th. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, they got to keep him for that, because that giveaway actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh... Well, then they can't yeah, sell two giveaways this early in the season with the Lourdes Gurriel Pina Power Day and... <laughs> <laughs> being and being uh, the Liners. Can't trade Strowman before the other one. And I. The next promo is the barbecue set thing for Smokey, isn't it? I think so. I think that's the next <laughs> current player on the roster. I'm going to pull that up. I'm just going to take a look at it while yeah, we go just through to, this. I, okay. It popped into my head. <laughs> and just to yeah, have I, fun and play with that idea, though. But you, how screwed up could your schedule be and uh, your marketing team when you know, hey, you know, these guys could be traded. Maybe we should do those promos like the first two. <laughs> yeah. Gurriel Mil- wasn't going anywhere. Milk's the last little bit out of the current core and current guys who people are in love with. We're giving them a giveaway. But I have a strange feeling with both of them, regardless. People are going to line up for both of those things just because – as you said, they are part of that main core that has been, you know, obviously our recent history and our good history. So, but that's too funny. So, why don't we dive into the Vlad Demodium <laughs> that we were alluding to before I r- randomly decided to make a road trip and come up and see you? Making his Major League debut on Friday night. Give me the lowdown of our little bit of uh, our feeling going to the ballpark that night. It was exciting, man. When we met up at uh, the Black Bowl just up on Queen Street there, just uh, other than the fact that it was the first time we saw each other since February, so it was nice to see you, but I think everything that was on the top of our mind was, oh, my God, we're going to see Vlad tonight. Yeah. And just being able to walk up there, it's a different feeling around the city. Everybody who was going to the game all was going with the exact same mindset. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So... It was it was really really exciting uh, to go to that game. It, I, it was probably the first time since opening day of uh, the Jays games I've been to where you can sense a legitimate sense of excitement in the crowd. So that was fun. Yeah, and if, as far as well, me making the road trip, I couldn't. You know, it was it was too perfect. Everything went off like a you know it should, and it was great. I didn't have, and then obviously hanging out with you and everybody was just awesome, but. Oh my God! The level of excitement in that ballpark—I hadn't felt it like that since 
I made my visit to go see the Blue Jays in 2015, and I had the tickets before this happened, but all of a sudden we had David Price, Troy Tulowinski, and I was there for that first Yankees game right after we got Tulo. It was insane. The place was shaking. It was sold out. It was almost feeling like that. Yes, it wasn't as full as it was, but there had to have been probably 30,000 people there that night. I never saw a number for it. Did you? I think it was just under 30. I think it came in at 28,000. Okay, and that which I thought too not too far off. I did. I, it felt good yeah. in the ballpark. That's why I was never thinking it was probably under thirty. And yeah, just the just watching the Vlad Merck fly off the shelves when I went to the Eaton Center after you know on Saturday because we just didn't want to go anywhere near the show or the store while we were there Friday night and we you know decided <laughs> to consume more beer and watch Vladdy. <laughs> but um, they didn't have anything but small adult Vladimir Guerrero jerseys left in that store in the Eaton Center. And that's what they were mind. commenting about. Yeah, that's what they were commenting about on the broadcast. I believe it was uh, Tuesday night's game, or maybe it was Sunday's game, where everybody already has so much Vlad stuff. that it's, Everywhere you look, you see Vlad Guerrero Jr. 27th on the back of somebody's jersey. If you're not wearing a Vlad jersey, you're not cool when you go to the Rogers Center right now. That's, uh, that's a conclusion I'm drawn to. I don't know. I thought I was looking pretty <laughs> sick in the random jersey I found in my parents' house <laughs> with the uh, early Carlos Delgado era logo on. Very early. It's cool. <laughs> it's definitely unique. I don't think anybody else in the ballpark would have had that. Yeah, I had to, you know, trot out something weird. You know, it's other than uh, the only other weird jersey I have is I, for some reason, and I still don't know how why I did this during the Angry Bird era. I saw a jersey online on eBay for like 50 bucks, but it was a full authentic home jersey of the Angry Birds stuff, but it had 19 and Molitor on it. And I'm like, eh, why not? <laughs> you know, it's, That's pretty cool. It's That's got to be one of the kindies. All I'm thinking is, who the hell actually went and got the classic players on a new jersey like that at the time? So, But just to throw this out there, not only are we noticing the Vlad, you know, the Vladdy mania, Major League Baseball in general has completely jumped into the pond with us here on this one. The Kool-Aid's been drank, <laughs> whatever you want to put it. Major League Baseball in general has been doing nothing but cover this kid, and it's been fun to watch seeing, even here in the States, me turning on the MLB network and seeing Blue Jays stuff for a change. Yeah. Well, they uh, put out a poll on Tuesday night, I believe it was, on what game uh, people wanted to see on MLB TV or Something along those lines. It was a day or two ago that they put a poll out there, and the winning game was Blue Jays and Angels um, because people wanted to see Vlad. It, it, I can imagine how much, I, I don't know the right way to put this because I've never felt it, but just how much, I guess, attention he's been getting, how overwhelming it must be for Vladdy right now because everywhere he goes, there's media going everywhere. And that'll probably happen through the majority of his career if he ends up being what he's supposed to be, which... I think everybody believes he will, but uh, yeah, I think tonight they made the right decision, which I'm sure we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, and how much of of this series do you think is the fact that his dad made you know not he made his name in Montreal, but he really accentuated his career as a Anaheim Angel. Wanted every MVP there, absolutely. It's a big factor, and it showed on Tuesday night when when he came to the plate, and apparently when he got introduced at. Uh, uh, during the starting laps, he got a really big cheer and ovation. So 
that uh, Angel fans are uh, appreciative of him too because of his dad. It was a but thing of beauty thing watching that man. <laughs> Just watching a whole opposing do- you know team cheer on somebody on our team. Just it was insane. I I couldn't believe it. I've never seen fans do something like that before, and or at least very rarely. And to see them being that appreciative of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to make his son feel that welcome in an opposing ballpark. It was just crazy. It's definitely unique because, I mean, we've had our fair share of people on the opposition, uh, on the opposing team that have come back, but it's all been former Blue Jays. It's not like Vlad Jr. has never played for the Blue Jays before. I know he was around the Angels clubhouse when, uh, when Vlad Sr. was playing with the Angels, but he never played for them. So it's definitely yeah. unique to see that uh, that's probably the most appropriate way to put it so Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has already broke one record off of the field in Major League Baseball I don't know if you saw this when I retweeted it or not but Topps does the baseball cards that they do the Topps Now thing which is like they just grab whatever the heck the hot you know news item is and make a quick baseball card and then they sell that specific card online for X price right yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. rookie card, first major league hit card, is the highest selling Topps Now baseball card since they've started doing it like ten years ago. Now that is pretty cool, and that shows you that there's hype all around North America and the Dominican Republic well, for this kid. Who's buying baseball cards? And, <laughs> second, <laughs> and then second, listen to these numbers, my friend. 19,396 sales for that card. And this was the day after it came out. So I'm sure it's sold a few more since. That beats out Shohei Otani's you know, Major League signing card and Aaron Judge's 50th home run from his rookie season card. Isn't that crazy? The fact that he can sell a card like that that's nuts. Yeah, and well, at least uh, the way I saw it, at least we got to see that hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to see that in person, so we don't need that card. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need no stinking card. <laughs> so, but the fact that he was able to start that off just shows, you know, that rally, just sh- him sh- starting that off just shows what is coming. We haven't seen it come to complete fruition, and honestly, I'm not shocked by this, regardless of everything going on. He has a lot of people paying attention to him. He's still settling into a new surroundings with players that he hasn't really fully played with yet. And it's not like Boba Shot and everybody came up with him, you know? So it's just way too much for somebody, and especially even somebody with him that looks like he's always having a good time. It's a lot to digest, and it's coming. Oh. We've seen it. He's hitting the ball right on the screws on a couple of occasions, and if they get him anything actually near the damn strike zone to hit, it's going to happen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's, uh, I think, almost everybody. I mean, this guy coming up, there's always going to be an adjustment period. It's not, like, it's the hardest professional baseball league in the world, too. And to have immediate success as a 20-year-old, I don't think it's going to last long. If there's any struggles, it's definitely not going to last very long. But uh, I'm not surprised. I don't think anybody should be surprised that he's, I don't even want to say he's struggled, but just hasn't looked like himself from what he looked like in the minor leagues because the majors, as we know, is a whole different beast. So people just got to be patient. Don't get on too much because it will come. He's made some pretty hard contact on balls so far. And some of those foul balls that he hit on Friday night went straight behind home plate, which means he just missed 
annihilated that ball. <laughs> so it's, it's close, man. It is. So, and I think you are getting that much closer, regardless that he does get an off day today. Apparently it's scheduled off day. So Blue Jays fans, if you haven't read this yet, please sit back down. He's fine. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> this is a scheduled off day. Charlie Montoyo is handling this the best that he can, I think. He's getting him, getting him in the same rotation that he's been doing kind of with everybody, that you get a scheduled off day every so many days just to stay fresh and not to mention let him digest some of this a little bit. Take that step back. And then he's going to come back to um, – is it – they play Friday night against the Texas Rangers. He's going to possibly have a good chance to really step back into it. And having two walks last night, I think it's coming. Yeah, I do too. He's looked a lot better and more comfortable at the plate for the most part, walking a little bit more since the opening weekend. The thing I like so much about him, especially Friday when he got his first hit, which was that double, was the fact that he was going the other way with it. And apparently he was working in batting cage the other night about going the other way because that's something the Jays were not doing at the beginning of the year when they couldn't hit at all. As soon as they made those adjustments and started going up the middle and the other way, the hits and the home run started to follow. So that's what you got to do. It opens Wait a little up bit the field. Longer. Exactly. It completely opens up the field. To be fair to Vlad, though, a stat by Ian Hunter, which I have up right here, he tweeted on April 30th, so Tuesday night, right before the series started. Entering tonight, 60.4% of the pitches Vlad Jr. so far were out of the strike zone. With another six pitches out of the strike zone in his first at-bat tonight being Tuesday, it's apparent nobody wants to pitch to Vlad so far. I remember so it's not like he, Yeah, it's not like he's gotten a ton to hit to this point. So it's, it's just a matter of when he does get something to hit, then he's got to take advantage of that. Or just make them walk you. If they walk you, if they walk you enough, they'll have to come back inside and challenge you. Yeah, and I, 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 I hope that once he does start getting to the point where it looks like he's at least settled in, this is what I was worried about him getting when he was sitting into the fifth spot with only Teoscar Hernandez or in company behind him. You have Justin Smoke batting behind Vladdy in like the three or four spot. He's gonna get a lot more pitches because they're they they know that they're gonna have to pit, you know you know trouble with Smoke. It's a little different yeah. tandem by, you know, I I know we're in the era where there's no real such thing as, per, you know, protection due to, you know, metrics and just pitch everybody and all that kind of good fun stuff that we're in these days. But there is something to be said about knowing <laughs> that, okay, well, if you get, just let Vladdy go to first, well, now you could just have Justin Smoke run into one, and he's been doing that pretty efficiently so far this year. Yeah, I'd give him, maybe put him up fourth and smoke fifth. Or, I don't know. They, I think maybe give Vlad some protection just to have somebody behind them where they, they know if you walk him and he doesn't swing or he doesn't get himself out, that he'll be on first and you got a legitimate power threat right behind him. It might be worthy to do that just to uh, maybe not right away, but maybe in a week or so. Yeah. If he's still looking a little flustered at the plate, then consider a little bit of protection. Whether you believe in that or not, there's some people who don't believe in line of protection, but uh, I do, actually. Um, so I would not be surprised if you see him get a little bit more favorable uh, offensive bat behind him. I just think if you're going to have the continuing revolving door of whoever the hell is batting in the two spot behind Sogard at this point, that why not let it be Vladdy for a week and see what happens? Just roll it. Roll the dice. See what happens. Yeah. 
exactly. This is the year to figure everything out where he's going to bat for the most part. I mean, he will end up in the three or four hole for, for hopefully the, <laughs> the very entirety of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the entirety of his career, very soon from now. But uh, yeah, figure this all out, get him going. And if you have to give him a little bit more protection around him to get him going, then so be it. He'll carry the offense. All right, closing moments on Vlad? Defense has been a lot better than I thought. It's been very impressive so far, especially for such a big kid, the diving play that he made the other day, going uh, towards second base. That was damn impressive. So if there is anything that people should be happy about is that he has not looked like a com- like he's completely boshing everything at third base. Yeah, there will be days where he looks like he's not doing so great. He maybe boshes a ball or two, but... He's just popping in over there, man. He's looked pretty comfortable. Which is what we saw a little bit in last night's game where he more or less botched a should-be double play. But like you said, and everything goes, he's been very, very solid. To me, it looks like an inexperienced Josh Donaldson at third base right now as far as similar range. Yeah, Josh Donaldson was obviously a little skinnier, but he was not the best third baseman ever. <laughs> you know, It's not like having a gold glover over at third base. Yeah. That's absolutely it. As long as he continues this kind of defense and and improve, hopefully as the years goes along, then maybe he can stick there for the long term. Everybody's already ready to pencil him into first base and DH, but hey, man, ride him out as a third baseman for as long as he can because playing a third base instantly gets you more value on the F4 scale than uh, playing at first base does. 100%. And um, honestly, I really am buying more and more and more into the comparison and him following a similar career path to Miguel Cabrera eventually. I agree. But I really think he's got a good solid four or five years at third base before we really even have to have this conversation from what we've seen. So it's going to be an interesting topic eventually. We'll see when the time comes, but hopefully one good thing is unless he gets a pinch hit at bat tonight, which I doubt he probably gets the entire night off, at least we don't have to stay up until 1 in the morning seeing if uh, he is going to hit his first Major League home run. I don't think anybody wants to miss that when it's on TV. I'm going to be up anyway because <laughs> I just don't even know what to do with sleep anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it is what it is. But I think it's coming and it's going to happen. And once he does finally entrench in, it's going to be all at once. It's going to be just like it was in the Meyer Leagues. People forget that he actually had a slightly slow transition into single A Dunedin when he got there. It wasn't just all on Vlad Force, you know. It was <laughs> it trickled in for that year where they won the championship down in the Florida State League. And then he was a lot more ready for Double A to start for that whole season. And then when he got to Buffalo, you had a little bit of a slow start for a week or two, and then you know Vladed it up. <laughs> It's the exact same thing that Bill Bichette's gone through with every single level that he's been graduating from. you got to get used to the new level of competition, what pitchers are doing, and the jump is much harder to make going from AAA to the major leagues because you got to be able to lay off that major league breaking ball or off-speed pitches and a major league hit a major league fastball, which flat can. He can hit a major league fastball. Fastball is uh, the cake <laughs> Exactly. That's a uh, birthday cake for him, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment period, but I think everybody is on the same page. That isn't freaking out yet, which nobody should be. Can't say that enough. Don't freak out yet, DJ fans. He looks yeah, like he's, he's cool, level, having a good time, goofing around with everybody. <laughs> so. Exactly. And, and that's, that's how the fan base should be. 
yeah, just be up here, have fun. He knows he's going to get his hits. Everybody knows he's going to get his hits, so it'll come. So I think we need to move on to the next thing here I want to talk about with you. I want to talk about the Biggio in the room. I mean, elephant. <laughs> <laughs> like, you when alluded is he going to be here? I, he's making a hell of a case that there is nothing he has left to learn in AAA. And he has been playing mostly second base since the demotion of Loris Gurriel Jr. in the last week or so. He has been playing a lot more first base, which is a weak position in the Blue Jays' minor league system, especially with Rowdy Telez now basically graduating and being a full Blue Jay. Um, he is playing his first game in left field, I believe, tonight. Or today? That sounds right. And yeah, that sounds right. Apparently, that is where the current game plan is for Kevin Biagio's foreseeable future. He fits into this season's team a lot more as an outfielder and can come up here and learn how to hit at the same time. Oh, definitely. And there's no better place to learn how to play the field after a few games or a few weeks down in Buffalo than coming up to the majors and getting tested right away. So his back continues to carry, which it definitely has shown it. There's no reason to believe it won't. Then he should be up here soon, especially Socrates Brito, who's still in this lineup, can, <laughs> fi- can finally go away. And you know what? Billy McKinney has looked okay at points, but Billy McKinney, to me, for the most part, has looked like he may just end up being a fourth outfielder type. It's unfortunate because he had a very good September last year. He could still heat up, but uh, at this point, and I think people are starting to think this, he doesn't look like much more than a fourth outfielder. So if that's the case, you get uh, either Kevin Bijou up here or as soon as Anthony Offord starts to rake, Anthony Offord starts to come back up. And he homered today, which was nice to see. I was thinking that was coming, too, for the last week. He's been having a lot better at bats and just sticking out counts and everything. And Alfred is going to catch fire here, I think, in the next week. And we're going to be talking about probably him next week. <laughs> but Vigio has been Mr. Consistency and has basically handled whatever glove they've asked him to pick up out of his bat bag before a game. And I don't know how much notice you get on those kind of things in the minor leagues, man. I can understand Montoyo has been pretty, you know, vocal with, oh, you're going to be playing over here, especially with Brandon Drury kind of, you know, being collectively used all over the field. But it'll be interesting to see because nobody has ran away with any of these outfielding jobs. And even Randall Gritschick, who is the only guy that's really getting paid in this outfield, (laughs) has been very streaky. Yeah. I mean, Gritschick will always be a streaky hitter. I think that people have come to know that. But... Hey, he's locked up now. He's, probably, he's the most deserving of it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, see, Oscar has been off to such a slow start with the bat. He's been okay. Have a few At home least wins. the defense has been very good. That's, that's exactly it. A defense has looked much improved from last year. And I think people could have seen that coming with the new outfield coach, with Mark Budzinski, because at the end of last year, everybody who was covering the Blue Jays was saying how much of a wreck the offense or the defense was in the outfield. Their alignment in left and center and right. And unfortunately, that fell on Tim Leeper's spot, who everybody has a soft spot for Tim Leeper. But but Zinsky getting these guys in the right position to play in the outfield is looking like it's proving benefits and paying off for T. Oscar Hernandez. Yeah, he's definitely reaping the biggest benefits from uh, Zinsky, but the fact that he actually looks like an outfielder to me this year is just... He's passed the eye test for me now. I don't care. I would rather pencil him in at left field every day right now, and I feel a lot more comfortable about it. 
definitely. Although if some of these guys in AAA start hitting a little bit more and you get some of these young guys that are up the middle, like a Kevin Biggio or Luis Gurriel playing the outfield a little bit more, then Teoscar will have to start worrying about or start hitting a little bit more to make sure that he does have a solidified spot in this roster in the long term. Because as of right now, he's not earning a long-term commitment by the Blue Jays. Yeah, the only thing that's saving him right now is the fact that they have on the complete opposite side of the diamond from him is this a, a black hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I think the organization might have tipped their hands and their cards for a little bit here. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., getting reps at second base over Kevin Biggio. I think that shows that they don't see Kevin Biggio as a viable outfield at the moment. And they would rather cement him at second base, assuming that Sogard, obviously, like we were alluding to earlier in the show, will trail off a little bit. And they were hoping, I think, to move Gurriel right back to where the experiments started at the beginning of this season. And Kevin Biggio, wherever the heck we can get you in, you're going to hit. We're just going to throw you yeah. in right field. And they know they're going to have yeah. Biggio for the foreseeable future anyway. So if the t- any of the middle infield things fall out right now, you slide Biggio into second. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of a lot of plug and play. Wherever you can get your at bats, if you are semi comfortable in a certain spot around the diamond, that's where you're going to be playing to get your bat in the lineup. That's what they did with Brandon Jury the other night, and that's what they're going to have to continue doing with guys like Jury and Kevin Biggio when he gets here, and maybe even Lourdes Gurriel. So it's all very fluid at this point. Could be anywhere. Right now, to me, Brandon Drury is the best right fielder we have. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He might even be the best left fielder they have. Yeah, I think you're probably right with that, too. But (laughs) if he's going to stay hot, and he has been hot and fuego, if you will, but it's been very fun to finally see the Brandon Drury I remember really honestly wishing the Blue Jays targeted when he was still an Arizona Diamondback, finally. Yeah, and you know what? He could be a trade option. If things get really murky, up the diamond, and he's starting to get a little bit of trouble fighting at bats, and guys in the minors are knocking on the doorstep of a job. If somebody comes calling for a brain injury, they're definitely going to listen because he's a little bit older, and maybe they can turn him into prospects that are better than Billy McKinney and Brandon Jury to make that J-Hat trade look a little bit better. So they're going to have to get creative uh, no matter which way you slice and dice it. So it'll be interesting, but it's nice. I like Brandon Jury. Got a good bat. Plays yeah. good defense. And having the walk-off, I'm sure, had you know, while we were there the other night was probably not a big deal at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was a confidence booster at all for him. Out of all the baseball games I've been to over the years and played in, I have never witnessed a walk-off home run. I'm still surprised by that, but uh, hey, at least you got to see that for the first time. Oh, it was insane, and um, I don't know if you, <laughs> you ever watched the video that I was recording while it happened. For some reason, my phone recorded it upside down. What the fuck is that? (laughs) I did see that. Did you have a few too many beers, or was that just your phone glitching? No, it was a glitch. (laughs) Google felt like screwing me over on a good moment, and I even tried to flip it, and it's like, now screw you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, You just get to watch this upside down forever. Yep. It's a good thing I'm on the phone. At least I lay it down on the desk. I can just turn it. Yeah, exactly. You got to get creative to watch that. <laughs> but no, it was per- a perfect end to the perfect uh, Friday evening there. And then he does the same thing on Sunday to get the Blue Jays tied back up. And what 
honestly, it was probably the best comeback that, other than the ridiculous one we had last season against the Rays in recent memory. Yeah, that was huge. I thought for sure that they were done by the time they went down 4-1. to one. And this man just continues to annihilate the Oakland Athletics and ties the game. And then Galvis gets on with his gimpy hamstring, gets to second base, and Smoke is able to drive him in from second to win the game. It is perfect. Perfect way to end Vladimonian weekend in his first home series at the Blue Jays. <laughs> it's a, it's a, like, it was just, it, you couldn't have scripted it. They were, how would, the sweep the Oakland A's who had finally looked like they got some, you know, wind in their sails. And it's like, no, here's a big hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was, per, it was perfect. And uh, honestly, I figured they were going to carry a little bit more of that momentum into Anaheim. But that's what road trips do to you. <laughs> they just don't go right that way you planned it. And hopefully when they get to you know Texas and get warmed up here a little bit, as I think they have a very good chance against this deep, uh, pitching staff of the Texas Rangers to walk off with some really good confidence after this weekend. Yeah, I hope so too. Mike Miner, unfortunately, been off to a fantastic start so far for the Texas Rangers going tomorrow night. But they've had a bit of a history of hitting Mike Miner in the past. And then Lance Lynn... And Drew Smiley closing it out have been pretty horrendous for the most part uh, think, uh, to get off the start of this year. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder how much of Lance Lynn is actually finally starting to show a little bit of his age. Yeah, because up until this possible. point he hadn't, and it looks like there's some something going on there a little bit. And yeah, he's three and two with a 5.45 ERA, and the Blue Jays quote unquote have not announced a pitcher for that game because that's the fun with uh, Matt Shoemaker's spot finally coming up here. It looks like looking we have like an idea. It, yeah, it looks like it's going to be Pannone. Buck snagged this one and <laughs> happily broke it, I suppose, on uh, Baseball Central saying that Pannone is going to, or went uh, after the game yesterday to the bullpen to throw a side session. So that's uh, pretty much all indications that he's going to throw on Saturday. Yeah, the big factor on that being the Texas Rangers are very, very left-handed heavy in their uh, lineup with some guys that are notoriously bad in uh, Joey Gallo, Sin Shu Chu on the left side. You know? <laughs> so, or at least against left-handed pitching anyway. Yeah, it works for it works to start putting on this game because they do have a lot of lefties in the Texas Ranger lineup. Just. Don't serve a fastball right down the middle to Joey Gallo because he'll either strike out or he will annihilate it. He'll be heading back over the border. And I'm not talking about uh, the Mexican border. I'm talking We're talking about the Canadian border here. <laughs> and that's a slight jog away from Arlington, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so the Blue Jays do have plenty to be excited for going into the last game, or, you know, going into this next road trip over the weekend here. How do you think the evening game that you know that will be a final by the time most people probably will be listening to this for the Aaron Sanchez Tyler Skaggs matchup tonight? You know what, man? They've been okay, I believe, against Tyler Skaggs in the past. He typically has some command issues. Always seems to be injured. So I'm going to say they pull this one out and go into Texas with the win. I think they're going to win tonight, and uh, I'm going to go something like seven to three. Just a little bit of a mini offensive explosion. Yeah. You want to have a pick-to-click contest? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll do a shot of whatever in the middle of next week's show for whoever gets it right. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Um, I honestly, I have you looked at tonight's lineup? No, okay. I haven't yet. 
Now, funny enough, it literally just went live in the midst of this, so apparently it's that close to game time. <laughs> Only about 10 minutes, minutes away. So we got Sogard, Galvis, Grichik, Smoke, Drury, Telez, Hernandez, Jansen, and then Hansen <laughs> in the ninth spot. Oh, lovely. That guy. He's still here. <laughs> Wait, what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, I think Danny Jansen breaks out. I liked what I saw from him in the last two, last night's game. I think he's going to have a nice showing. And I fully support you on that because I love that guy. Did I steal nice your pick finally get his first home run. No, you didn't. <laughs> I will say Freddie Galvis gets back on track and hits a home run tonight, and it will be a big one that either puts them ahead for good or just absolutely blows the door off and knocks Tyler Skaggs out of the ballgame. Yeah, so just to throw it out there, funny enough, we probably actually have a 30% chance that Eric Sogard goes deep tonight. Right? That's <laughs> he's probably played 10 games, happen. he's got three home runs. I just did some really quick math. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it'll be interesting. I think they have a chance to pull this one out like you were alluding to and get on the, you know, get one back on this road trip and then hopefully go into the Texas Rangers series over the weekend here strong. Yeah, I hope so. And then maybe they can continue that and take two out of three in Texas. We're not a very good ball team, so we'll see what they're able to do down there. But typically this team hits very well in Texas, so I would expect that to continue. Yeah, with, then, other than Mike Meyer, some yeah. pretty bad pitches. And then the Blue Jays will be unfortunately coming home to face a very good Minnesota Twins team. Who, But we played them pretty well so far. So I'm going to go with the fact that we have history on our side on that one maybe and can find a way to somehow come close to a split with the Twins before our next show next week. Yeah, I sure hope so. Whenever we record next, hopefully there'll be a win or two to talk about underneath our belts there. Yeah, and hopefully at least we get a breather after that in the White Sox. But we'll talk about that next week. (laughs) Eloy Jimenez and Vlad Jr., that's going to be fun. Kind of wishing I could make it up for that weekend, but I got a wedding to be at, so... <laughs> ah. <laughs> that would have been a fun one to watch, but uh, I'm gonna figure something out soon, and we'll go. Yeah, we'll do yeah. that all over again. Maybe I'll Fernando bring the girl, the, the girl this time. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, we'll uh, stay in touch on that. Definitely. So, closing comment, my friend, or what's what, what's cooking? What's cooking? Nothing too much. Just bought a brand new TV. But uh, <laughs> oh, you can see that. Sportsnet that much clearer now. <laughs> Exactly, but the game is on Sportsnet 360 tonight, and I'm looking through the guide right now on the TV in my room where I record this, and the only Sportsnet 360 channel I can find is in standard desk, so it's not even like I can be able to watch it in HD. But uh, I know, right? (laughs) So on my crappy internet here in the States, you're telling me I'm probably going to get high def better than you're doing right now? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe I should just watch it on my damn computer. Oh, denied. Maybe that's, there, there's your ticket to HD or plug the plug the uh, the iMac into the freaking uh, TV, man. <laughs> Not a bad idea, actually. Not a bad idea. I've, I've thought of crazier things. I am an electrical engineer by day. <laughs> yes, that's right. you got to think of those things. I just couldn't remember what the hell they call an Apple freaking laptop now. <laughs> Airbook? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what name it gets anymore. Oh, good deal, my friend. So, anyways, it's been a pleasure, my friend. It was a great week. Awesome Blue Jays baseball action, and the future is now. And that's, I think, the best thing about this whole situation we're in right now. 
yeah, it, it started, and it's only going to get better from here on out. So glad that you're able to come up and uh, and do that on Friday to see the start of the new era. That was a great time, and no more fitting way to end that ball game than a walk off the first one that you get to see. Yeah, start this thing off with a bang. <laughs> exactly, that's right. So. Anyways, Blue Jays fans, it's pretty much game time here, so I'm going to watch the game, just like my buddy Brendan here, and <laughs> it's going to be a good, hopefully, ending to this series here in Los Angeles that always seems to somehow find a way to nip us in the butt, but hopefully we can end on a high note here, Brendan, and it'll all be well. Well, we avoid too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, uh, just avoid the sweep, get a win, and go to Texas and win some more ball games. Yep. So don't forget to hit up jbirdwatching.com. Hit us up on Twitter at birdwatchingjc, on all the other social media outlets. And please, if you could be so kind to help us get this out to more and more Toronto Blue Jays fans, hit up those reviews on iTunes, Google Play, and everything as you love listening to our podcast. Those reviews help us get more prevalence in all the places hierarchy amongst you know other sports shows and whatnot so we will get out to more blue jays fans so you guys can join this conversation and also we want you to join this conversation brendan and here just are sick of hearing each other <laughs> so, and there's not enough beer there's plenty more beer to go around so <laughs> join in That's right we'll talk That's blue jays baseball yeah exactly it'll be fun find him at the games he's there all the time and apparently i'm going to be at least a random show in <laughs> yeah I'll be there Tuesday if anybody wants to come and say hello. Game on, my friend. Cheers, and more importantly, let's go Blue Jays. Yes, let's go Jays. Win tonight. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.